Welcome everyone to Watch Your Story. I'm your host Emmanuel Mutui. Today we have a wonderful guest. Honestly, I'm grateful how the Lord is connecting me with all kinds of people and I'm just generally happy that our today's guest could make it to the set and just get to share his story because he's one of those dudes that five, ten years down the line, you're going to be like, yeah, I, wait. I know that guy. He's like this big time record executive. <laughs> Whatever you, titles he'll, ha he'll have. I'm just grateful I got him now when he's not charging for these interviews. <laughs> but without further ado, I do Andrew Fred Fredericks. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you, Emmanuel. Yeah. That's very flattering. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, that's how things start. Because I was, I know earlier we were talking about podcasts. I watched Lecrae's, I guess they did a podcast. I don't know if they're still doing it. And they were talking about how they started Rich Records like 20 years ago and whatever. And it was just humble beginnings. Mm -hmm. Just they had the record label and they'll pop up here, pop up here, do shows mm -hmm. and they slowly, slowly grew to what they are oh, now. Yeah, love those kinds of stories. But I'm uh, not not uh, meaning to do a plug like this and dig in the podcast, but one of my favorite podcasts is called uh, How It Built This, if you've heard okay. that. It's all of these stories of mm -hmm. Um, businesses and you get to hear like the, the humble beginnings. So yeah. you got to take the first step somehow yes. and the second and the third. You know? uh, yes, <laughs> and you've definitely taken the first and in the second and the third and the fourth and one of these days you'll have a big record label producing all kinds of stuff and it's going to be amazing. <laughs> and I'm just happy I met you at the beginning. <laughs> Remember that. <laughs> so we'll just start like you always do from the beginning. Where are you from? I am from Syracuse, New York. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yep. I yep. never anticipated that answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not one of those Colorado Springs natives. Not at all. Grew up there, spent uh, 18 years of my life there, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. and then Rochester, New York for uh, for my undergrad, okay. and then Miami, Florida for yeah. my uh, graduate okay. work, and then moved out to Colorado Springs. Oh, nice. So when you were in Rochester, New York, um, Syracuse, New York, what did you want to be? When you were there? Yeah, well, uh, first, let's see. Uh, depends on how, how far back you go. Uh, when I was probably three years old, I wanted to be a dinosaur. Okay. And, um, and then I became four years old and <laughs> I realized that was not possible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, let's see, I wanted to be an NBA basketball player okay. when I was, you know, pretty young. Who was your favorite uh, player? Kobe. Okay. Kobe number, I still have a little bitty uh, number eight jersey. Wow. Kobe. Oh my gosh. Okay. I wore that to school like every day in the fourth grade. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Too bad I could not shoot oh. or dribble or pass or at least your heart so. won is something. Yeah, yeah. Um and then um I started to so actually uh, one of my earliest goals was to um to be a, a professional trombone player. So trombone is my primary instrument. Okay. Mm -hmm. How when, how did that come about? Because you got well, Kobe, my parents, trombone. Yeah, so my parents are both musicians. Okay. My dad is a professional orchestra clarinet player. Like that's his full time thing. Plays wow. in orchestras in New York. Mm -hmm. um, is amazing. Um, so and um, I wanted to follow in his footsteps mm -hmm. and be a, a professional trombone player. Okay. And um, when I was in middle school and high school, that was pretty much all I did. I just practiced. Trombone. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's impressive. That was like my thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was um, it about trombone that just wanted you, you wanted to play? I don't know. I think it was a mix of um, it was a fun instrument. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when you're when you're young, you get you get to play loud. Mm -hmm. um, and 
and I, I, I mean, I'm a little biased. I think it's a beautiful instrument. You can. Um, and then I was, I was good at it when I was in, you know, middle school. Yeah. And then when you're good at something, all your teachers are like, you know, you should keep on doing it. Mm -hmm. And good job. You get a ton of validation. Uh -huh. And then it's a cyclical thing, you know. You, mm -hmm. um, so sort of, you know, ego feeds practicing, which feeds, you know, the validate positive validation mm -hmm. and. Um, you know, before I knew it, I was like, I, I want to be the best at trombone. Um, okay. And there, you know, there was a lot of pride and ego yeah. in that, um, you huh. know, feeling for me. But so, um, speaking about, about the validation, was that something that you attracted you into the instrument or music in general? Because your dad did this as a career. Oh, yeah. Was that like, I need dad's validation in, in this choice? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, I mean, it was everyone's validation, um, and you know, I don't, I don't think there was anything really unhealthy about like, you know, my my parents giving me validation, but you know, they um, all your teachers give you validation too, and yeah. you know, you end up hanging out with a band crowd, and you know, mm -hmm. so it was something that um, you know that that was my thing in high school. I went to college, mm -hmm. um, studied trombone, um, and it wasn't until I actually, you know. In the music world, if you want to be a trombone player, in, in the, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, mm -hmm. in the classical world, yeah. you take auditions for the jobs that you want. You know, the auditions are sort of like the interview um, of classical music. Yeah, yeah. And you go, and it's maybe like a nationwide thing, and mm -hmm. there's a bunch of uh, people who audition for one spot. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it's usually all blind. Um, okay. So you don't know who won until the very end. They step up from behind the curtain, and you're like, "Oh wow, you know this person won." <laughs> oh wow! So there Just was like one that. that I took for really like a dream job of mine, mm -hmm. and it was when I was uh, in grad school at Miami, Florida. Okay. Um, and uh, I auditioned for a job in uh, Washington D.C. for one of the D.C. like premier wow. army bands, uh, and I won. And it was like, "This is it." You know, like I'm set for life. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, uh, and I felt, you know, as a as a Christian mm -hmm. and as a you know believer in God and mm -hmm. you know believing that He had a plan for me, mm -hmm. it it just like made sense. And I was like, oh, this is his his plan for me. Wow. Um, but then I got medically disqualified. So in the process, mm -hmm. you have to you take the audition, and um, if you win, then they give you. The job. They're like, here's the job, but it's conditional on joining this branch of military. So then you have, you have to join the branch of military, you have to take the test, you have to take the medical, huh. and then you have to go to basic training, <laughs> and then you get to play in these premier bands. So it was in the medical portion mm -hmm. that I got disqualified. So I have psoriasis, and that precludes you from joining uh, the Army. That happened to me in the Army and the Air Force. And um, so I was, I was sort of crushed at the time, yeah. and it was a period of a lot of confusion mm -hmm. for me because it, wow. it was, you know, I really felt like mm -hmm. that was where God was guiding yeah. me. Like all the pieces lined up, mm -hmm. and only you know in years following that, it's just made more and more sense that you know at least I'm very grateful that God hasn't guided me in that path. Really, that he's, that's good. You know, set my steps in a in yeah. a different direction. That is good. So, so let's but yeah, that's a little thing, you know, yeah. where, where trombone is led in my life. I still play trombone. I'm playing yeah. trombone in our church service this coming mm -hmm. Sunday. Wow. <laughs> so I still play it every now and so then. So you can make but a career out of that? Some people can. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, wow. Hey, that's dope. So let's go back uh, in your younger days. 
when you're in high school, I kind of want to know your character. What kind of guy were you? Were you? Because hearing you talk now and the conversations we've had, you're very entrepreneurial. And that is kind of picking my interest. Is that something that's later in life or was that always there? Mm, yeah. That's something that I think is later in life. Okay. Um, I don't really remember being very entrepreneurial mm -hmm. when I was in high school. Um, yeah. I mean, I was so consumed by um, practicing the trombone, you know, mm -hmm. very, was... and I think I, I had a lot of um, hard work mm -hmm. and, you know, work ethic and, mm -hmm. um, you know, I was developing, you know, in order to do something for a long time, you develop some perseverance. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't remember, I mean, when yeah. I was a little kid, I would always, you know, get, um, get friends together from the neighborhood to play kickball games, but yeah. I don't think there was anything particularly yeah. entrepreneurial about that. It yeah, wasn't like yeah. making money or charging fees right, to play right. the kickball league in my backyard. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, okay. But yeah, I don't think it wasn't in, until I got to college that I started um, yeah. trying to get people together, mm -hmm. you know, seeing, you know, possibilities, like what yeah. it could be, and I'm um, starting to have more entrepreneurial ideas. Mm -hmm. And you um, wasn't driven with like the money factor. It was like, what can we create, mm -hmm. which is a big difference, which is good, because mm -hmm. that means you're not going to screw people over, mm -hmm. like you're just in it for the art. Yeah. So in college, were you majoring in trombone? Is that a major? I was. I was majoring in trombone performance yeah. wow. at a music school in Rochester called Eastman School of Music. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that was my major. Okay. Yep. And so how long, was that a four-year degree before mm -hmm. Florida? Four-year degree. And then, yeah. and then I went to Florida. Is that another four-year degree? Uh, so I did a master's degree mm -hmm. in trombone performance okay. and then a doctorate in trombone performance. So five more years at Miami. In, in trombone? trombone? Yeah. Dude, you blew my mind. I didn't believe you do that. <laughs> yeah. Not many people realize that. Huh. Uh, but it's, yeah, the doctorate is like the terminal degree in music. Yeah. And you usually get that if you want to teach trombone in some capacity, like at a university. And that was my goal for a long time. Okay. And I mean, I'd still be down to teach at a university. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think over time, God has given me more of a passion for yeah. worship music. Yeah. And, you know, really put trombone on the back burner. So um, just, I'm trying to understand, are we have a PhD in trombone. Like, what classes are you taking? Is it like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Well, it's not a PhD. It's a, it's a you know, I don't want to, um, you know, pretend like I'm like a, you know, have a PhD, it's called a uh, doctorate of musical arts. So there's a little bit of a difference, but you still write a big paper. Mm -hmm. And I wrote my big paper. So then really it's, all it is, it's like three more years of school, mm -hmm. uh, but there's more freedom and it, there's more of an academic bent to okay. it. And then wow. you have a big like academic assignment at the end. So I wrote this yeah. big paper at the end, huh. um, but I decided to focus on entrepreneurship. Yeah. So, uh, so I wrote my paper about how to teach entrepreneurship if you're like a, you know, mm. if you're like a college teacher, yeah, and you know, you have to do a really specific mm -hmm. area. My area was brass, uh, okay. brass professors, but a lot of the principles can apply. I was just interested in entrepreneurship. Yeah, um, wow, that so is... I read a lot of things about entrepreneurship education, mm -hmm. and that that was fascinating. Yeah, um, but that was it was really like three more years of, and I loved it. I mean, yeah. it was so much fun. Like okay. there were cool classes like more of an academic that the paper okay. actually was pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, but after a certain, certain period of time for me, it was like, okay, I'm reading a lot about entrepreneurship. I need to just do it. Right. You can't know? <laughs> read about it. Just got to do it. Yeah, exactly. So after the doctorate is done, what, 
what what did you want to do? Did you want to go to teaching at this point, or what is the next step? Yeah, well, I um, I was probably more confused about what I wanted to do after I graduated from my doctorate mm -hmm. than I was when I started my undergrad. So okay. during those nine years, mm -hmm. um, I you know I I became a Christian mm -hmm. in undergrad, um, started to have more of a passion for worship music things. Okay. Didn't know how that would fit into trombone. I okay. still wanted to do trombone. And then when I graduated with my doctorate, I was like, oh, I love this academic thing. You know, I want to do something academic. This is really fun. But I had didn't know how all of these things would fit together. Yeah. Um, and uh, I I auditioned for the band here, um, the the military band, you know, the Air, Air Force Academy band. Mm -hmm. And I did win a position on trombone. Okay. But again, I got medically disqualified. Yeah. So around that time... And I think it was really just a span of a couple of weeks. Um, I found out that I got medic medically disqualified, got the call. You know, you didn't get into the Air Force. Um, for the medical waiver didn't get approved. Um, then a couple of weeks later, I found out that the worship director at the church that we were going to, we'd been going to a church for six years. I found out that the worship director at the church we'd been going to um, retired. And it was a little bit of a surprising thing. Um, you know, no, nothing, nothing bad or anything. I think he was just tired. <laughs> you know, got tired like yeah. a year or two early. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I'm, I got to be done. You know, got to retire. Um, wow. So they were like, we're not ready for this. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not ready to have like a national search for a worship director. Yeah. Um, like we need someone to just stand up there, be like a mannequin on the platform, and like, you know, then like, we'll hire anybody. Yeah. So I applied to the position, mm -hmm. and I had zero worship directing experience. Wow. They're looking for someone who could, conduct, could, who could conduct a choir. I literally had never conducted a choir in my life. Wow. <laughs> and like, all I did, I went into the interview, and they're, they're like, well, you're overqualified in, in trombone and music. <laughs> And you're really underqualified in worship, <laughs> um, but wow. we'll, we'll hire you. Perfect. And I, you know, I just had a, a passion for worship. You know? Yeah. I really had um, a passion to see people yeah. come into the presence of God mm -hmm. and, and sing yeah. for joy. You know? and that is cool. So, so before we proceed with the story there, are you married at this point? I am. Yes. Yeah. I have a wife. Her name is Nina Friedrichs. Yeah, we, uh, love her very much, and we've been Wait, married for six years. Would you meet? Is this you met probably undergrad? Would that be? We met actually in high school. Oh wow! Uh, yes, yeah, so we met at like a, and this sounds super nerdy, but we we met at this like music orchestra camp. <laughs> so it was in New York, and it was like with the Philadelphia Orchestra, like their summer home. Mm -hmm. They came up and like. It was, I don't know, like four weeks or so. You go, at basically band camp, right? I mean, it was, wow. it was orchestra camp. Mm -hmm. And uh, we both did that the summer before our senior years of high school. We, we went to uh, separate high schools. <laughs> yeah. We decided to start dating. We started dating at that summer thing. But then, but then we broke up mm -hmm. a, a halfway through uh, senior year. And um, we went to the same undergrad okay. for on four years. Not. It wasn't on purpose for me. Yeah, I mean, I I decided first, and then it felt like she followed me hmm. um, when she had broken up with me before. Oh. And there's really no hard feelings at all. Yeah. We've talked about this many times, yeah. joked about this, you know, mm -hmm. and it's just so... It's um, But yeah, it's, yeah. Um, but we went to undergrad for four years, and uh, I mean, we were still 
we became probably closer friends towards the end, but we never dated during those four years. Did y'all date other people? We just... Yeah, yeah, here and there. I mean, it wasn't like we were trying to not date each other. Um, yeah. But we, we graduated from undergrad, and um, then it was two years later, and during our undergrad, we both had become Christians, which sort is, of on separate, independent yeah. paths. What is your journey? Cool. How did you become a Christian? Yeah, well, um, I had started out undergrad um, pledging a fraternity. Okay. And um, that was like my starting group of people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was... I don't know, sort of an unhealthy mm -hmm. thing and a whole, you know, slew of factors. Mm -hmm. um, and after maybe a couple months or so, the fraternity got disbanded for hazing. Oh, and wow. this, like, this old music school, this fraternity had been around for probably a hundred years. Wow. And, like, the year that I started, like, they got disbanded for hazing. So it was surprising that something that was, I mean, that's just... No need to get into that. Yeah. But um, so the around that same time, there was someone who um, he was an older trombone player, and I mean I was this young trombone player. Trombone was my life. You know, if you were good at trombone, which many kids at the school were, it, I, you know, just like was in awe of these people. And this older trombone player invited me to a Bible study, and um, probably. I don't know, maybe I wanted to like not disappoint him or whatever, but I came to the Bible study and I just had this feeling for the first time in my life with maybe four or five other guys who were sitting at this table, their Bibles were open, and I'd never had this feeling before. It, we opened up the Bibles and it was like this light, sh you know, shine into my heart. Um, and I was very, I don't know, felt like there was a lot of darkness in my heart at that point in time. Um, a lot of guilt, a lot of, you know, loneliness. Um, and it, it was this, you know, starkest um, disparity of emotions, you know, and um, I was like, there's something here in, in, the, in the goodness of this book. And I didn't really know what it was. You know, I had, after that, I, um, you know, he, he explained to me what the gospel message was. You know, I, I was really thinking that I was good enough. Um, I, you know, the gospel message to me as a high schooler was, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to succeed, I'm going to be good enough. As long as I'm better than kid A or kid B, you know, I'll be fine. Yeah. And I felt that way until I got to college. Yeah. And then that just started to crumble away. Um, and then the gospel message was, um, I'm as good as Jesus Christ because of the work that Jesus did on the cross. Um, and... That was something that I really, really needed to hear. Um, and, and then after that, I mean, you know, there were some amazing friends. I still keep in touch. I, I called one of my closest friends the other day. We chatted on the phone for a couple hours. Um, one of my closest friends from undergrad from this, I, uh, it was through this uh, InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. Um, and uh, so that's how I became a Christian. Wow. That's Nina awesome. had a very similar path. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but it was very independent of each other. I did yeah. not know what was going on in her life. She didn't know what was going on in my life. Mm -hmm. Then we graduated. Um, and a couple of years after we graduated, we were both working the same summer job at this Christian 
sort of Christian retreat center yeah. in New York. You know, again, they had this orchestra that was playing, it was yeah. accompanying like all of their uh, weeks of chapel and whatnot. Yeah. And I was in Miami, Florida. She was in DC. And we just decided um, to start doing long distance dating. Uh, wow. And it was amazing because both of us saw changes in the other person because we remember dating the other person yeah. <laughs> before, you know, massive spiritual transformations yeah. in each other's lives. Wow. So it was, it was pretty cool yeah. being married to someone who I know she was like before she was a Christian. Mm -hmm. And But there is, you know, so much grace for each of us in yeah. what, what Jesus did. That's awesome. Um, so. so let's come back now. You're a worship director at this church. Right. And you've never done it. Right. How was that experience? Honestly, it was a lot of fun. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, it was like getting thrown into the deep end and like, hey, figure out how to swim. <laughs> but it was, maybe a life coach. Yeah, it was fun. And um, I loved, like, I had to learn how to conduct a choir. Oh, yeah. Having never done that before. I had to learn okay. how to, like, lead a contemporary group, having never done that before. Nice. And I, um, it, I had this idea. Um, I wanted to combine everything together because we had never... Um, you know, we had this contemporary group, we had this orchestra, we had, you know, had all these players of different, uh, like, ab abilities. So I started, I did this evening, um, we called it Hymns and Harmonies. And it were these old hymns, but arranged in fresh ways with this little, like, chamber orchestra and a contemporary group. Um, and so I really, like, you know, hit the ground running, and I was, I was really energized by the, uh, the challenge. Yeah, by the challenge. Yeah. Um, and that was... That was really fun. Um, and then that, that Christmas, um, like they do a big Christmas concert every year. And it was sort of like, well, you're doing it this year. <laughs> you know, you have to conduct these like Handel Messiah numbers and like an orchestra and choir. And I mean, it, again, it was, it was fun. It was yeah. just fun to like learn mm -hmm. while you're doing it. Yeah. And, um, Which is a question like you, that's probably exhilarating. Mm -hmm. So how long did you do that? I did that for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And then they had a nationwide search. They hired um, someone who I now work with. Uh, his name is Greg Hill. Okay. A phenomenal guy. Um, just uh, he, He's had like 30 years of experience in the wow. uh, directing worship at different churches. And he started and we became friends and he wanted, you know, to work with me. Wow. And I was like... Yeah, sure. sure. Let's do it. Why so um, now what I do there is more on the artistic side of things. Okay. Um, so I focus more on doing arrangements for the different ensembles, you know, the, the uh, songwriting. Yeah. Or, nice. You know, just what, how can we, because we have like over a hundred people in the worship ministry, like volunteers. Um, so there's wow. a lot of talent, but from a lot of different mm -hmm. backgrounds. So it's like, yeah. okay, this person plays guitar. Mm -hmm. This person plays violin, this person plays flute, this person plays banjo, you know? <laughs> How do we get all of them yeah. to, like, lead worship on a Sunday? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when we can do that with artistry, yeah, that ends up being pretty cool. And I mm -hmm. think something that makes Village 7 unique yeah. in, in a lot of ways. That is cool. So, is that still your main job? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so nice. I work... I work um, 30 hours a week there. I do some other things on the side, including... Mm -hmm. Tapestry. Yeah. So I didn't want, um, when I started that job, I didn't want it to be a full-time thing because I, I knew that I wanted yeah. something. I hadn't started Tapestry yet, but I knew that it was yeah. sort of in the works mm -hmm. and I wanted to have some 
yeah free time for that so let's go in the tapestry let's yep. Because everything God gives us, he gives us a seed first. And kind of like the parable of the talents, some people take that seed and do something with it. Some people go and bury it. How, how did the idea come? Oh, yeah. So I would have to go back to undergrad. Okay. So when I became a Christian, um, it, it was, I was a freshman. And it wasn't until my junior or senior year, I think it was the, the end of my junior year, um, we were at this leadership sort of retreat with our university uh, chapter. And um, I remember there were these, it was a bunch of university chapters from all around the Northeast okay. and everyone was getting together and, and worshiping. And there were these people who you know, all these college students who were just hungry for, you know, for Jesus, you know, yeah. uh, to, and for, for worship, for the, you know, the, the joy and worship. And it was so evident in the times of worship that we had. Yeah. I mean, I remember a Revelation song was big at that time. And we did Revelation song like 10 times during the course of those like four or five days. <laughs> I mean, it was like, but no one got tired of Revelation song. Yeah. It was like every time we did it, it just people worshiped even harder, you know? Wow. And then one time, we were supposed to go back and spend time with our chapter alone and sort of discuss what, I don't know, something. But we felt like we wanted to keep on worshiping to Revelation song. <laughs> it was like, you know, you'd think that Revelation song would get old. Mm -hmm. But I mean, we were, it was like maybe 20 of us in a room. There was a guy playing guitar and like, I'd never experienced this this before, but there were like, we were, we were like bowing, like literally bowing down um, on the floor. Um, because we were so, um, I don't know. I mean, it, and that, that was probably the most joy that my heart has ever felt, um, especially up until that that point in time. And it was like you would you would think that someone bowing on the floor is, you know, not joyful. Yeah. But my heart was just getting flooded with joy. Yeah. And, you know, it was like that verse in Psalm 16, like, in your presence there is fullness of joy. That was so true for us in that moment. And I was like, man, worship is good because God is good. And you get to experience God in worship. And everything should be worship. Everything that we do should be worship. Yeah. But, um, you know, when you when you read the Bible, that, that should be worship. When you go in and talk to somebody else, that should be worship. But when we're singing, that's this special opportunity that God gives us. Yeah. And I was like, I want to devote... My, I've been spending a lot of time working on music. I want to devote my musical expertise to this. I didn't really know how, but I would say that was when the seed first was planted okay. for me. Um, and um, after that, uh, I, uh, I had a series of ideas. Okay. I was like, well, I want to start this, or I want to start that. And one of them was, I remember standing there in our university chapter and we were all singing and it was like there it was a music school right so there were there was a cello player over here and there's a trumpet player over here and drum set player over here and i was like man what if all of these students were, were using their the thing that they're practicing five hours a day like they're you know they're in the practice rooms five hours a day and then they're they're singing which is biblical to sing to use your voice to sing but what if they were um what if they're using the things that they're spending the most time on to worship God? 
together. Um, so I decided to get everyone together and do these like worship, you know, we just worship with our main, our primary instrument once a week. Um, and then we would do these worship nights out in, in Rochester, New York, you know, and um, that was this, that was probably the first thing where I was like, you know, it's, um, I sort of saw a vision for something um, and um, an opportunity or whatever. And I acted on it with a friend. Um, and it was like, this is, this is really cool when that happens. Yeah. And that lit a, a fire for something um, that was like, you know, I wanted to want to start something in worship music, uh, business related, you know, entrepreneurial related. Just didn't really know exactly what that would be. Yeah. Um, so. And over time, some different ideas. Um, uh, I remember going on a walk with my wife one time, and I was like, you know, what if we did this festival um, in Colorado Springs? And each church, you know, there would be different churches. They'd have a set. And then at the end, there would be a set where all of the churches would worship together, you know, like different people from the different, chur different churches. So that was something I was working on for a while. Um, until I sat down with somebody, and um, he, uh, he was someone who uh, I really, you know, looked a just brilliant guy. Um, and he said, well, what is unique about this? And, you know, you should think about it before you, the first thing you do is this giant thing. <laughs> you know, you should think about what, what is the most unique thing about this? What is the heart of this? How can you boil it down to its most basic form and then iterate on that to um, to grow and you know if you find something to iterate on it's going to be better by the one by the hundredth time yes you know instead if, if you find one thing one year do it you know waste all your resources and all your time <laughs> you're not going to have a second or third time yeah. to grow and to learn yeah so I was like well can't really argue with that yeah very sound logic mm -hmm. so then I started talking to people picking their brains, um, and so many things of tapestry, you know, the idea of the live sessions, um, the idea of, I mean, there are a lot of ideas where I, I would hear someone talking and I said, well, that's, that's brilliant right there. <laughs> so um, I remember talking with someone and they're like, you know, how did you think of the idea for tapestry? And I was like, well, I didn't. Um, it was other people's ideas. And you know, like I, I, I'm a big believer that a hundred people are smarter than than one person. Yes. Um, you talk to someone and they have a unique perspective on something that you can never have because of their unique background. Mm -hmm. You know, their, I mean, their 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 brain, their background, their whole thing is different than yours. And um, so the more, and I, I don't want to ever get away from that. Yeah. You know, I think that's what, um, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about the business model for tapestry yeah. but it's something that came from talking with many different wow people, realizing this person had a brilliant idea this person had a brilliant I idea put it together you know um, so i should probably pay like a hundred people royalties <laughs> for tapestry yeah <laughs> so where did the name come from oh uh, let's see so the name came from i had written down so i'm um i don't know if you're familiar with like the working genius um it's like this uh patrick lencioni like different personality traits or different temperament traits and okay. you can use them you know it's, it's like one of those working personality types but um there's uh my one of my working genius uh sort of temperament 
is uh, um, in invention. So I think of a lot of ideas okay. uh, and, um, and, and wonder. So I'm good at asking questions, thinking of ideas, sitting in a chair, and not doing, it, not doing anything. So that's my strength. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Uh, but anyhow, so I wrote, and then my wife is good at everything else. Okay. <laughs> He is the idea life, yeah. And then she makes it exactly. more beautiful thing. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Good to so, know. Um, I had written all of these names on a note in my phone, like twenty or thirty names. And I remember we were sitting at this breakfast place in Denver on a Saturday morning date. It was called Syrup, by the way. You got to okay. go. It's amazing. Yeah. But we were sitting there having pancakes slowly getting like a pancake induced coma and i was like what about this name what about this name what about this name and she's like nope no that's bad don't like that one no and then she was like oh that's good yeah that's a good one so the idea was that the, i mean it was tapestry yeah um okay. and i think nice. it was the first idea was tapestries and it was for the worship mm -hmm. um festival okay. you know the the, the the idea from the worship festival was a sound from every church, you know, representing different backgrounds in Colorado Springs. Yeah. Bringing those different mm -hmm. styles and, yeah. you know, voices together. into, And that's still a huge part of tapestry. Yeah. Bringing the voices of the body of Christ together mm -hmm. so that you can hear something unique in the sphere of worship. Music. Yeah. Wow. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Yep. So you have the name, you have the idea, and you boil down from the festival to a specific, to the heart of tapestry. Yeah. So what was the next move? Because mm. a lot of people, that's still a place where you can abandon the idea. Right, right. Well, um, oh gosh. I mean, there were a lot of little steps. Yeah. Um, and it's so hard to know. I mean, a lot of it just felt like I came to take one step mm -hmm. and then another step. Yeah. Um, and honestly, the very first step wasn't the festival. The very first step was a, a Bible study that I wanted to do with local Christian musicians. Okay. Um, and I remember talking with a friend, um, his name is Eli, and I was like, you know, someday I'd like to do um, whatever. It wasn't called tapestry. Someday I want to do the, the worship business idea, whatever it's going to be. And he was like, what would you need to do to start it today? You know, it doesn't have to be the actual idea, but like something. What can you start today that you can do right now? And I was like, oh, yeah. well, I could get some different Christian musicians together for a Bible study. Um, and that's what I did one summer. Um, I remember our first kid was born that summer and um, like, you know, we, my wife and I still, you know, sh she still wanted to do the Bible study. Yeah. <laughs> and wow. um, like we even brought our newborn to the Bible study okay. one, one evening and we just sort of bounced around to some different parks. Mm -hmm. Some different people came each time, you yeah. know, we just looked at some passages in the Bible that were about worship. Yeah. Um, that's where I met Peter, okay. uh, Peter Schmidt. And um, then it was over, and it was like, um, okay, we did, the first step happened. I would yeah. say that was the first step. Okay. Um, and then the second step was, you know, starting to get some people together for this worship festival idea. 
and then pivoting to um, to tapestry as it is right now, which yeah. is um, a curated platform of worship music from a variety of different backgrounds okay. um, and musical styles that is all threaded together by a consistent commitment to the Word of God. Okay. Essentially, the you know to boil the mission down, mission of tapestry down into one really concise sentence would be yeah. to say, it's it's better worship music for the next generation of believers. Um, so we're you know. We've defined that by yeah. saying, you know, what what do we think better worship music is? Yeah. You know, we feel like it needs to be more yeah. musically diverse, creative, mm -hmm. pioneering, forward thinking, but also a commitment to the old truths of mm -hmm. the faith. Yeah, which is dope, like, because right now for the four artists that you have, Peter kind of like has a similar background as you, he's a musical composer, film guy. Aaron is gospel, uh, Worship. I don't know how to get yeah. big, 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 big voice. Oh yeah, kind of guy. And then Corey rap. Yeah. And then you have uh, I forget that Jonathan Puckett. Jonathan is more like a indie, like indie, yeah, kind of. So he's uh, very diverse. Yeah. And that you could because whenever I think about tapestry, I'm thinking about like a woven kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And you can see like the different people that you have right now, very different. And you and at least I know two of the four very word focused mm. i mean i lived with one of them so i, I know very well like, it's very word focused which is dope but i'm excited to see what god is gonna do so my next question and it's kind of as we come here to an end i know the vision is the festival but you guys have pivoted how how do you see now how are you gonna get from where you are now Today, I mean, I know the vision is probably clear right now, mm -hmm. but for the people who are like, right. what is next? Mm -hmm. How would you say? Yeah. So I'd say now the, the festival is the strategy, not the vision. Okay. Yeah. So the vision is, you know, there, and I would say some of those things are our strategy. The, the vision is to see, and, you know, this is our statement, uh, the entire body of Christ especially the next generation of believers, yeah. worship God with music that A, they love, and B, is filled with the truth of the Bible. Yeah. So for me, what does that look like? You know, what's an example of that? And I mean, one of the most gospel-saturated worship songs mm -hmm. that at least we sing at my church is, is called In Christ Alone oh, yeah. by Keith and Kristen Getty. You know, like everyone knows that song. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, like the gospel is so woven into that song mm -hmm. but it's not a hip-hop song mm -hmm. you know it's not an edm song it's not this an indie singer songwriter or whatever it's not in the kind of music that i think is going to resonate with someone who's 18 year old right now yeah um yeah, you know and it's still a beautiful song mm -hmm. and i'm not saying that there aren't you know, tons of 18-year-olds that are really worshiping God with it. Mm -hmm. But what I want to see with Tapestry, the vision for Tapestry, is to see a rap song with the same, you know, In Christ Alone, if it was a rap song, or In Christ Alone, if it was a gospel, or R&B, or EDM, or indie song. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I want to, and like, how can we get closer to that with every single artist, with every single year? Mm -hmm. That's the goal with Tapestry. Yeah. And, you know, the, the festival isn't gone. You know, I still want to do larger 
live worship settings that yeah. involve multiple artists eventually leading to something like a festival yeah you know and i'd love to do a festival you know x number of years down the road yeah uh, but i think it would have more of an identity now you know, yeah it would, it would revolve more around uh, mm -hmm. a mission and a yeah. vision um, rather than like, hey, let's do a festival, you know, one-off. Yeah. <laughs> cool, nice. There we go. Because mm -hmm. I like the idea and I like the advice that the guy gave because that's always, always been my belief. Like, whatever that big event is, it's either going to push you forward or it's just going to slow you down. But if you already have a mission and you're building towards, when you do that big event, it's just putting a bigger magnifying glass on what you're already doing. And then you keep progressing and then you do another big event so there's already a everybody knows this is what Andrew does. So all these side things that you do is just bringing more people into what you're doing, which is amazing. Mm. And I definitely, which is that's why wise counsel is necessary, because mm. a lot of people will never make it without wise counsel. Mm. So as we come here to an end, I just I'll quick fire three quick fire questions, <laughs> and then we'll wrap up. What is the funnest thing you've done since you started Tapestry? Oh man. You have to pick one. The funnest thing that I've mm -hmm. done. And don't try to be nice. If it has nothing to do with your artist, don't, if it's one artist that you completely love over the other ones, <laughs> just be honest. Oh, man. Um, well, I'll say, in recent memory, a couple days ago, uh, this is pretty fun. Yeah. I scoping out venues okay. with Corey Ard, mm -hmm. the, the fourth artist this yeah. year. And I'm not going to tell you where the venue is, okay. but I had to put on a hard hat. Oh yeah, to walk through the venue. Oh, so that was okay. Pretty That's cool. what he's live recording. Maybe, 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 maybe. <laughs> maybe. Wow. Okay. That's yeah. dope. But I say, like, whenever, whenever I get to experience the product, I mean, standing there worshiping in Aaron's session and yeah. Jonathan's session, you know, mm -hmm. just. Taking it in, I'm like, it is so great to, to just worship with worship music that feels fresh. That isn't yeah. the same song that I've sung a thousand times, but it's a new song, mm -hmm. and it's the you know Christ is in this. You know, yeah. The the you know words of the Bible are are in this song, and yeah. You know that is whenever I get to experience the product of tapestry, mm -hmm. it's really fun. Yeah, that he's you never changed. Oh my goodness! And then my wife and I were just listening to. Mercy, mm. <laughs> man, he's, I was telling her, this is probably the two best songs I've heard from Aaron. Mm. And they were, wow, well done songs. Mm. All right, so what is then the worst? Mm. That's the worst. Uh -huh. mm. That's a good question. Um, That's a tough question. I mean, right now, everything feels um, interesting. Um, and I would say, you know, there's, I mean, there's disappointments all the time. You know, those are, those can be rough. You know, if you find out that, you know, something isn't going to work somehow. But that's, that's part of the, the thing. Yeah. You know, like when I, when I was trying to start that Bible study, like the very first step, I'd find out that like people couldn't come to the Bible study, and I was like, "Oh no!" Yeah, <laughs> you know, like asking all these people, and no one can make it. Right, like, right. Uh, and then <laughs> I get Nina that. reminded me; she was like, "This is gonna happen a lot." Yeah, you know. So, mm -hmm. um, I, you know, just the di disappointments. There's, mm. and there's, you know, it's just something I, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm used to it now. I'm like, well, another, another disappointment. I'm fine. Yeah, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. oh, it's, it's still disappointing. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah. I get that. So, you know, whenever something doesn't really work out mm -hmm. according to your plan. Yeah. Um, and it's also just a reminder that it's it's your plan. You're not God. Yeah. You know? <laughs> true, true. Very true. So the, the last question, how do you escape? How do I escape? Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow, that's a good question. Um, I would say right now I probably escape in like, you know, jury is out if this is healthy or not, but I, um, it's football season mm. and I'm in a couple different fantasy football leagues <laughs> and I know like, you know, more than all my friends about football right now. Oh yeah. So, but I, you know, I talk about podcasts. I listen to a lot of fantasy football podcasts. Okay. You know, like now during this season, if I'm driving somewhere, I'll just turn on a fantasy football podcast. <laughs> so, um, you know, whereas, and this is probably, you know, whereas before it was a Tim Keller podcast, mm -hmm. now it's a fantasy football podcast. <laughs> So I'm probably, you know, yeah. probably need to get more of the Tim Keller podcast. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, that's probably how I see it right that's now. That's awesome. Thank you, bro. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. This was great. This was great. <laughs> wow. Thank you all of you for listening to this interview. I pray and hope that his story just has inspired you to start something, to continue something, and never to give up on your dreams. So remember, we all have a story. What's your story? Goodbye.